Mining to Network, the official podcast of Women in Mining South Africa. I'm Bryony Lieber and I'm hosting our session today with our guests, Halesa. Hi Brownie, thank you so much for inviting us. Kirasani. Hi Brownie. And Naomi. Hi Brownie, thank you for having us. What we're doing today is recapping a little bit of the Mentors Manor session that we had a couple of weeks ago, where we talked about changes in the mining industry, uh, the industry of the future, big data, analytics, where things are going, and how to leverage those opportunities. And each of you spoke at that event, and we thought it'd be a great opportunity to get you back here and recap some of the things that we talked about, as well as explore a little bit deeper on some other things. So before we do that, I'd love it if each of you would introduce yourself. Let's start with Palesa. Hi, everyone. My name is Palesa Naka. I'm a mining engineer by profession. Uh, my career started back in 2005 uh, as a mining engineer student at University of Johannesburg. Fortunately, in 2005, during my first year, I got a awarded a bursary from Anglo-American Coal. So I was with them from 2005 until 2015. Currently, I'm with a company, Gulani Engineering. It's a multidisciplinary engineering company, and I am a chief beneficiator of Gulani Engineering. So next year is Kurosani. Yes, my name is Kurosani. I am the chief cheerleader of Gulani Engineering. I'm a civil engineer by profession, and I became an entrepreneur 11 years ago uh, when I started Kulani Engineering and I'm in an industry that exposes me to a diverse number of people and experiences and um, I can say till today I love what I do because it connects me with people and communities that I work with. And that's an exciting thing when you're talking to a civil engineer who loves connecting with people. That's, that's quite an unusual thing from where I come from. And Naomi, let's hear about you. Yeah, so I'm Naomi Mulefe. I consider myself a behavioralist because I majored in psychology in my undergraduate. And I recently came back from Dublin, having studied a Master of Science in Strategic Management and Planning and worked within the tech sector in Dublin. So I, my background is in executive headhunting. So I've headhunted C-suite as well as board level um, execs within the mining space, as well as other sectors, but predominantly in the mining space. Kirasani, you talked very passionately at our Mentors Manor around mentorship and hiring for potential, not for a position. And I'd really like to explore that a little bit more because I think it's an unusual concept for many people to hear, especially when people are studying for a particular profession and they think that that is the profession that they're going to stay in forever. So maybe talk a bit more about that. In our business, really, it's about individuals that possess characteristics that, you know, they can work on their own. They are proactive. Everyone is unique. I always say that you have a 1% in your DNA that someone else doesn't have. And that is what we're looking for. That potential is actually what entrepreneurs and small businesses need in order to be innovative so that they're impactful. So yes, we hire for potential and train up for skill. Uh, because the reality is, even if you have uh, graduated and you have a degree, there's still a bit more learning because uh, the theory versus the 
actual work that you're going to do sometimes can be completely different. Mm-hmm. And um, the education system really just teaches you principles that mm-hmm. we would like you to apply in the business sector, right? And so our mentorship program really, we throw you in the deep end of the swimming pool and you only have one option and it's to stay alive. You can't die. (laughs) Preferably. (laughs) Yes. And I guess be curious and ask questions and be open to learning, being teachable. Yes, I think the key and the fundamental principle is to have a teachable heart. Mm. Um, Because when you find yourself every day in a work environment where you are comfortable and you go, I'm so comfortable and I'm so happy, you're not learning anything. You need to be stretched Mm. and challenged such that every night you ask yourself, what is it that I need to do tomorrow to be better? Right, because that is the sweet spot that companies are looking for. Those are the things that change the game. And in an industry like ours, which is highly technical, it's solutions driven. So you can't have people who are using the same formula Mm. that they used yesterday to solve future problems. We need people who are forward thinkers, who are at the forefront, trying to solve things that haven't happened because they are going to happen, but we don't want to be surprised mm. when they happen. We should have thought about something. Yeah, and it's, I mean, that segues really nicely into these assumptions that a lot of people hold around, if we've done it in the past, it's going to work again in the future. And what I really like, Naomi, about something that you said at the Mentors Manor was people need to get comfortable with unlearning what they know so that they can relearn new things. Mm, absolutely. And it's something that, to, to add on what Kurusani said, it's something that uh, we've seen in recent years and within the talent space where companies are moving away from using you know, your qualifications as a, uh, something that will get you into um, your, you know, your particular kind of role. They've now said, we want people who, yes, have the education, but are thinking out of the box constantly. And it's to do that, um, you need to think of yourself as talent. We're going now into the gig economy where it's going to be very competitive to work for companies. Um, you're going to be competing with people within your organization as well as outside your organization. So for that, you need someone or a mindset where you are very innovative in your thinking as well as being solutions driven. What are the things that I can do in my current role to add to the bigger picture, but also be impactful in my own personal space? So those are the kinds of, you know, um, mindset shifts that we need to make as people and be comfortable with questioning your assumptions and Mm. and learning some of the things that you thought are, um, you know, um, solid and and, uh, rocks, you know, because not everything that we have learned has actually created value in what we're trying to achieve for the future. One of the things that keeps coming up for me at the moment is how so many, how our youth unemployment statistics are so high in South Africa. I think it's 50 something percent of available employable youth are unemployed. And that's a shocking statistic. And I mean, recently I've had a lot of conversations with young graduate geologists who keep saying they can't find a job, they can't get employed, they can't get experience, they can't get opportunities. And it it makes me wonder whether our education system is setting people up to be employable, whether opportunities are an issue. And when you talk about um, 
having a mindset of being of value to others, being able to serve others, being agile and versatile and relevant in a gig economy, what our education system is doing to support that, as well as what those individual graduates can do to make themselves as employable as possible. So it, it leads me on to talking to you, Palessa, about something that you said at the Mentors Manor around how you started off working in production underground and you moved in various different directions for a number of reasons, one being that you got pregnant and you couldn't work underground, but how you intentionally looked for other opportunities to be relevant and valuable in your organization rather than finding an excuse to not be able to grow and develop any further. And maybe you can explore that and Give us some advice for young geologists, anybody who can't find work. Times have changed. I remember in 2005 when I actually got a a buzzery from Anglo-American, companies actually lined up and we had to choose which company we want to work for. So the intake was definitely higher. So that is not the case anymore. And unfortunately, the students, the graduates, they need to be more innovative and more proactive to, to be appealing because now there's, there's definitely the demand has, has, has lessened and now it's more around who, who appeals more. Um, and with me, really what worked for me, it was understanding who I was from a very young age. Um, I went into mining as a woman. Of course, I'm a woman, but very conscious of who I am and what I stand for. And um, looking back, actually, that was my USP because it, it made me stand out, but in a good way. Because when you looked at me, I didn't look like a typical miner. I would go to the mine with my looking like a lady, but going when I go underground, I put on my boots, I go underground. But when I come back, I change to what I'm used to, how I present myself. So what I would definitely say to, to, to the ladies, be yourself and let your character come out because there's nothing fun in everything looking alike. Like you're a woman, stand out from the man. And when you voice out, voice out in a direction of relevance and as far as the company is concerned. When I started, obviously, I was a minor and then in 2010, I was a shift boss. And then I had a mentor. My mentor was uh, John Stanish White. Then he, he he's no longer with Anglo American, but he was the head of mining, and that was actually something great that Anglo has has developed. Where as a graduate you can have a mentor in head office, someone who actually understands the business. So you can call it coaching because it was more career based. In 2010, I got seconded to 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 um to Johannesburg, which is their head office. And then it, there was no role I asked, what am I going to do? He says, we're actually not sure, but you'll be reporting to all the heads of mining. And then he then changed, says, you'll be, head, I'm, I'm, we'll, you'll be heading the HIV and AIDS portfolio. That had nothing to do with my career. And I was actually quite confused. How do you head up HIV and AIDS? And how is it even relevant to mining? But it's actually very, very relevant because what is mining? Mining is people. And if its people are not healthy, are not looked after, or we are not managing that element properly, we can't be productive because it's the type of business that actually requires productivity. What I didn't know then is that actually my, even my, my personality worked for that role. So we did, I coordinated, um, workshops and, um, uh, tours to Mozambique in Shai Shai. Um, we, we opened the, 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 the clinic in Bubezi. So 
that skill worked for me later on with what I'm doing now, being an entrepreneur. I interacted a lot with uh, communities. I, I, I got to understand what are the different stakeholders that can usually um, affect the business. And with what you said, referring to when I actually got pregnant, I remember going back to my mentor the first time. Uh, it's like, okay, I'm pregnant. <laughs> this is my first experience and I'm excited. But I also know that I cannot work underground because of the safety um, aspects of that. And I was like, okay, so what do you want to do? I said, I want so to do something that will add to my CV. I don't want to, all of a sudden I'm a PA because I'm still a smart woman. I understand the business. So I want something that will really be of benefit while I'm on surface not being able to go to the operations. And then I, I worked as a planner. Planning is quite a good um, portfolio because you actually got get to understand the heart of mining. That's where the design and, and everything aspects happen. And then after that, I, was, I moved from underground mining, open cast uh, planning. And uh, fast forward, I got pregnant again. Uh, that was five months after I came from maternity leave of my first child. So Make your bosses love that. Oh my gosh. It was, it was, yeah, yeah. And that's, that's the thing because you then get to be categorized as, you know, when are you, are you, are you even serious about your job? And we shouldn't really do that. Like my, my, my cheerleader here always say, we really are seasonal, seasonal as women because we go through different changes. Um, and that, whether we like it or not, it actually does affect our career. But the advice that I'll put out there is that make sure whatever you're doing is impactful to your um, to your career and make sure that you have a higher voice, someone you can actually go to uh, if you feel like you, you need advice and you feel like you're not being listened to because some companies are really, really big and you can find yourself in a little corner um, being unsatisfied or feeling like you're not being heard, but you have really not uh, um, navigated uh, uh, uh to be able to be in the position to be heard. Mm. And I think to add to that, um, if you are talking to graduates and you are saying to them, um, you know, the demand from companies is not really there. Um, I think there's also that element of um, on what Palisa touched on to say, you must have intention about yourself, know yourself. And don't be afraid to actually apply some of your skill sets in other environments that may or may not be related to what you studied at school. I think we all um, fall into this trap of wanting to get to my first job must be what I studied in. And that kind of like sets you up for failure because you are not giving yourself a chance to not only stretch yourself and explore other facets of your personality, your skill set, and um, you are then blocking yourself from opportunities that would have actually opened up your, you know, your, your, your worldview. And just, just to give you an example, when I got out of um, graduate, my third year, um, I was hired into a research role. It wasn't paying a lot of money and it was about 5,000 rand a month. And in those days, I just, I said to my mom, my mom, you know, this opportunity is it's it's a overseas opportunity so i get to be trained in the states and then work a little bit in the states and then come back so for me it's not about the money it's about that exposure that i'm going to get absolutely outside of the country and my friends looked at me like why would you take a job that's not paying a lot of money like why for me it was as long as i can pay rent i can walk everywhere else you know um so you kind of like also have to have that kind of a view to say 
um, it might not be monetary benefit that I'm getting, but there's other, you know, blocks that I'm going to be fulfilling. Yeah, it's, it's having a purpose, not necessarily a paycheck exactly. as your focus. Exactly. Yeah. And it's, one of the other things that I heard you say, Palesa, was working across the business. And it, it was a question that came up at Mentors Manor was, I'm about to graduate. Where do I... What, what is my career path? What should I be? Should I be going across the business or should I be specializing in? And I mean, one of the great things that I had in my career was the opportunity to work across different departments. And and it's what I'm hearing from you and from my experience as well is that it, it gives you such an asset in terms of understanding the broader aspects of the business and how what you do impacts on others and vice versa. And if you don't have that context, it's very hard to make agile decisions. When you start or to a starting uh, uh, graduate, it's important not to actually have a limit yourself in that sense that I want to do this in particular. Mm. But it's also correct to have a plan in terms of where do I see myself. So the first step is really to learn what is the business about. Mm. And as a minor, the first thing, then I didn't understand when they gave me a shovel, and I will borrow and I have to put stain, stone dust on the conveyor belt because that's very basic general work. But it's to understand the people, to understand the difficulty, what they are going through. So that one day when you're a boss, you're designing something and you, you are pressing for production, you are pressing for this, you can actually sympathize or have empathy, empathy. in terms of what are these people going through. And that is actually what the QE, EQ, sorry, Sorry, EQ, EQ, sorry. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Which is really, uh, the, the, that touches on people's skills. Yes. Very vital. And as a mining engineer, I believe that's the core of, of in anything. And after having a, a more of an understanding, you can actually also map the way in terms of where do I see myself? Where do I, relative to the business, how does it fit into my personal plan? career plan then you can basically say okay i've been and don't be scared to say i've 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 been exposed to production underground i want to explore open cost yeah and after that i want to understand the projects of things how yeah. how do you guys plan for the mine how how does that happen the design and also that will they will allow you to move and don't don't actually move too quickly be able to actually close it up and say i've learned one two three and i'm comfortable how do you rate me and move forward so when you're talking about a career plan, I'm hearing you say that it's about intentionally looking for different experiences yes. as opposed to saying my career plan is to be the CEO no. and this is the ladder yeah. that I need to yeah. climb. As yeah. a CEO, you'll be leading or managing different portfolios yeah. and different functions. And if you don't have a full understanding or a full grasp of what they're about, mm. you won't be able to understand even the plans that are presented to yeah. you or how this company itself, how, what makes it unique and how can we move it forward. So it's actually great for those individuals who, who, who tend to grow into the company if maybe, let's say, you see yourself being a CEO of that particular uh, business. So then you have a long-term view and you can map your way uh, uh, in, in such a way that will ha- you will have that result. So with that said... Having a mentor, having a, a coach, and not someone who your 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 line manager is not your can be yeah. your mentor or your coach. 
in that sense that you know you guys talk, sometimes you piss them off and yeah. you, they piss you off. It's actually better and, when yeah. your mentor, your sponsor is outside of exactly. your company. Exactly, oh, absolutely, because yeah. they, they don't have an agenda for exactly. you. Yeah. Whereas your line manager just wants production. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. So exactly. that's what. Uh, yes, you are absolutely correct, Naomi. Mm. One of the key things that young people can leverage on is brand awareness, right? We all have an identity. And um, today we were going for training. So I was uh, driving with our chief orderly officer and she mentioned that one of the guys that we're taking up for one of the projects we're doing, she asked him like, um, dude, so wh- what do you do? <laughs> you know? <laughs> Let's get to know each other. <laughs> like, explain to me. <laughs> so she asked him, what do you do in your company? What is your role, right? Yeah. Uh, the gentleman answered and said, I'm an asset. Ooh, Ooh. I like it. And I nearly stopped in the middle of the highway. <laughs> <laughs> because when I spoke about hiring for potential, mm. that is potential. Yeah. It is, it's so finite mm. that young people need to understand that, you know, it is not something that you'll find in a textbook. Mm. It's only you that you possess. So immediately that person, I'm like, I want to hire that person. I want to hire that person. <laughs> because once they say I'm an asset, it means they have quantified themselves into a value. And that is the value that I want to tap into and unlock, nurture, because when it does come out, it will be a gem. Mm. So what are the conversations that we need to be having with young people to help them see themselves as an asset? Instead of discussing what, we discuss a lot of what. What are you going to do when you pass me trick? And the poor children are frightened mm. because now, now you start getting into comparison. Yeah. Yeah. Like my friends yeah. say they want to do that. So mm. this is what I should be thinking about. Yeah. Yes. I want to be an artist. No, you can't. <laughs> you have to be a doctor. <laughs> yes. yeah. We must start talking about the why, right? Because even children have sleepless nights. Mm. You know, I have a son. He just turned 11. And a month ago, he came to me and he goes, you know, when I graduate, I want to be a YouTuber. Wow. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know what a YouTuber is. But he can be a YouTuber before he graduates. Yes. So a week ago, he comes back to me and he says, Mommy, remember that YouTuber thing? So I've done a bit of research, mm-hmm. right? So I can register an account. Potential. And uh, I need mm-hmm. a sponsor. Potential. And, I can, mm-hmm. and I'm like, so now I'm going on a panic. And I'm like, I give other people advice. Now I need advice. <laughs> <laughs> but that's potential. Yeah. yeah. Right? And that's your 11-year-old. I was actually going to say, we should actually stop asking children, what are you going to be when you grow up? Because they can be that right person now. right now. Yes. You can go into animation right now. Absolutely. It may be at a rudimentary level, but you have started mm. your portfolio of sorts. You can start a YouTube channel. Yes. You know, and... You, uh, and it's in doing those things yourself and taking ownership as a child that you also get to see yourself in other ways. Yes. And then you are then framing your mindset and your psyche to say, okay, I can do this actually. Like, it's not bad. You know, mm. I just need to tweak this. And then that's when you start being innovative. You yeah. say, okay, I need to improve this. I think, um, you know, um, I'm not talking to, you know, potentially people who are listening to me or I'm talking to people who actually like me. And yes, social media has that negative side where children are not really at a mental level to, you know, Mm -hmm. 
grasp what the Neither negative... Neither are adults. Yes, I know. <laughs> Agree. That's a good one. <laughs> but again, you are, you are now tapping into a space where you, the, the child is forcing themselves to identify themselves mm. and be sure about themselves and, and have that intention saying, okay, these people may not understand what I'm coming, where I'm coming from, but I have something different to offer and, you know, I can do it. Yes. Okay, so... With that in mind, how as a young person leaving school, somebody who's at university at the moment, how do you, what do you then study? So if we're studying, if we're making career decisions around my why, my purpose, what gets me up in the morning, how does that change your studying decisions, your choice of experience decisions, your conversations, what, what things that you do? What it will lead you to is you would want to understand certain conversations. So you will find yourself in a circle of people that if you had just focused like me being a civil engineer, I'll probably have a circle of friends and colleagues that, that are, are, civil just, are just civil engineers, yeah. right? And all we do is talk concrete. Mm. So looking for people who are different to you. Mm-hmm. People who are different to me that are having different conversations that made me question things like uh, my paradigms mm. and my thinking and my beliefs, mm. right? Things that stretch me about how do I feel about family? Do I want to have children, mm. right? I've chosen this career. Um, do I want to live in South Africa or mm. I just want outside. to be fr- outside and be yeah. free, mm. right? What are the, What can my career offer? I was very fortunate, I think maybe because my mom is a teacher, and one of the things that she told me long time ago, I always said I want to travel. And she goes, education will make you travel, darling. <laughs> <laughs> so I went for this education thing because like, all I wanted I want to, to do travel. travel. Yeah. But the reality is it was true because, you know, my career offered me opportunities to go to conferences, yeah. to be involved in activities, and everything has its people-centric and Mm. i think that is where people miss it yes we Mm. think our careers are about ourselves yes it's not about ourselves it's about other people and how we serve them and how we impact them and the solutions that we provide to make this world a better place Mm. Mm. whenever i speak to young people about careers i i always Ask them, do you guys volunteer anyway? Like mm. SPCA, you know, because for me, if you are interested in what other people are doing, you get to actually see how, not only see how other people are doing, but how you also fit into that space. Yeah. And if you try and teach yourself from a younger age, high school level, I started working since I was 15. And the motivation was that my mother was giving me 300 rand as pocket money at the end of, at the beginning of the month and expecting it to last the whole month and i was like okay this is not going to work <laughs> uh, no i have things i, I have to things do. to buy and the first month i took it and i went to buy a pair of sneakers and i was like okay actually the pair of sneakers that i really wanted were more expensive but um i'll put them on layby but what am i going to eat at school the whole month and then my mom just was like, look, I'm teaching you how to budget. And mm. she was very strict about, you know, money. So I said to myself, you know what? I'm going to go to the mall and find something to do. And my mother was like, no one is hiring great teens to come and work <laughs> in a shop. I was like, well, they're going to hire me. 
And I went and got a job at the mall. So that also said to my friends, oh, so we can actually spend our weekends working and getting paid yeah. for it. And then after that, it became a trend in my high school where people were working at the mall. And now we had this clique of people who work at the mall, but also go to school. And it was actually the thing to do, exactly. not an embarrassing thing. Yes. Exactly. And we're getting, you know, the sneakers we want or the movies we get to go. And you're not asking your parents for money all the time. So what I'm trying to say is also the use of time whilst mm. you're high, in high school or in varsity. Um, and from that on, I went and... I, I graduated record time, but I also did promotions because I wanted to get into the hip and happening parties and I didn't want to pay for it. And I was like, look, the way to do it is be a promoter girl. So yeah. I was a promoter girl. So I was getting paid during the, during the evening and going to, to classes. So, you, you know, you, so you get, you get to see yourself in other ways and then you're like, okay. So I can actually do this and you take mm, chances on yourself mm. and it works out and then you take another chance on yourself and it works out. Yeah. And then you find yourself as an entrepreneur and you yeah. fail, you get up, you take chances on yourself yes. again mm. and then it just keeps you going. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And all of that, you are dipping your toes in the water, mm-hmm. figuring out what I like, what I don't like, exactly. what I might want to explore a little bit more, building your network, building your experience. And when your first formal job comes, You've already built work experience, which makes you a hell of a lot easier to to employ. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to get one piece of advice for young graduates from each of you. Palesa. Okay. For me, we we tend to think elevator speeches are for people who are in business or entrepreneurs, but it is actually so important when someone asks you, who are you? What do you do? To be able to say, well, I'm a mining engineer. I specialized in design uh, and technology and, um, and this. And actually, I can do one, two, three, four, five. So that you don't feel, okay, I think I'm this. So to have your elevator speech mm. ready in terms of what is it that you do and how can you make a difference. And you, even if you don't have work experience, that that you have studied, you can actually sell it. I love it. Kirasani. I would like to see a lot of entrepreneurs. I'm very biased. The only way we change this economy and build our country is when we have new entrants in the market. And I think technology offers every person from the day they're born an opportunity. If you look through Instagram, young kids as one-year-olds are Mm. making money, right? And that money goes somewhere. Mm. And that's what builds economies. And I think young people in South Africa must really throw away the rule book of, I'm studying this and I'm going to find employment. Start thinking, I am going to employ. And the first employee is myself. Wow. Hmm. That is a complete mindset shift. Mm -hmm. And it's levering technology to create your own table, not wait to be invited to a table. Absolutely. Which was going to be my piece of advice because I think there are so few seats at the existing tables at the moment that if you're not creating your own table, your own conversation, your Mm -hmm. own group, your own YouTube channel, your own podcast. But if you're not doing that, you're not getting out and being seen. You're hiding as a wallflower waiting for somebody to find you. And I can promise you, nobody is out there looking for any of us. Mm. Absolutely. We need to be out there telling them I'm here. Yeah. Naomi. I'm going to say to that 21-year-old, 22-year-old graduating, trust yourself, believe in yourself, forgive yourself, and try again.
Yeah. Use what you have. All those resources, that data, use it. Go online. Stop being on social media all the time. Look up the things that interest you. Look up the things that you can do in your community. Start where you are. Start small. Then the only place to go is up. Yeah. Mm. It's the only place to start for anybody is yeah. start where you are. Yeah. yeah. Start where you are with what you have. Yes. This has been such a divine conversation. Thank Thank you for being here. Thank you for your time at the Mentors Manor. Thank you for your time here. I thank you in advance for your time and sharing this and commenting on it and continuing to share your wisdom with us. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much. Thank you, Brown. Wonderful. Thank you, Brown. And thank you, listeners, for being here with us. Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to the Whimsa Podcast, where we are committed to leading the change and strengthening the voices of women in the mining industry.